Hello and welcome to Ad Creeps, a podcast where we dissect and correct the TV ads that raised us, phased us, and amazed us. I'm D. And I'm here with my best bud, Al. Hi, I'm Al. Now, we are under constant threat right now. Uh-huh. There's a small dog in the in the room. I'm feeling very anxious. Yeah, because Al has their piggies out, and my my dog loves to lick them piggies. And also my knee pits. Oh, there he's he's looking. No, he's deciding. No, he's gonna stay in the room with us. <laughs> <laughs> so you know what? If you hear a little shriek. Um, that would be Al. Yeah, that's me. Getting their little piggies all. (laughs) Al. Yep. You know, it is May. It's May. And sometimes we have (sighs) stories in our, in our, in our folder, in our ad creeps folder. Yes. That we kind of saved to the end, you know, because they're hard to get through. Mm -hmm. But since it is May, you know what time it is. It's time for a cleansing. It's time for a purge. <laughs> Get your gun ready. <laughs> no, it's time for Despicable May. When I'll be the one you see. It's gonna It's gonna be Despicable May. Yes, it is Despicable May. This is the time where we take those stories that are just the companies that are the worst. The worst, and not, like, in a funny way. Not in a funny way. We have a hard time making it funny. Yeah. But it's important to tell the stories. Yeah. Yeah, it's absolutely important. Um, last year, we did the whole month Despicable. <laughs> it was a lot. It was a lot. Some might say two months. <laughs> so, I'm doing one now. Yeah. I think you've got one in the chamber. I've got one coming up. And we'll see if we... Maybe that's it. That might be all. That might be all. That's maybe all we can actually take. Yeah. This Despicable May, my Despicable May, um, Banana. Oh yeah, should we? <laughs> I don't even know if I want to get into. We don't have. We to. don't have. To. You can Maybe go back it's organic. to. Go back to last year if you want to know. <laughs> <laughs> this this Despicable May is mine. Yours is based on a study that I found, and then I went deeper. Okay. In into an industry that I do not care about. Okay. Nor have had any interactions with. Interesting. Um, but I found it so. F- fucking despicable <laughs> that it's been in my folder for for quite a while okay and it's time to bring it out let's do it you ready let's do it let's bring this industry into the light let oh what <laughs> i don't know niels ryberg finstein Ugh. okay <laughs> that's a quick decision <laughs> was born on the Faroes, a group of islands that sit in the North Atlantic between Iceland and Denmark, the Faroe Islands. Mm-hmm. I, there, I guess there's a lot of sheep there. Not yeah. a lot of sunlight. True. At elementary school, Niels was reported to be, quote, a very nice boy. <laughs> but his gifts were small, and he was quite rude. devoid of energy. Wow. Wait till you get to this rude part. This may have been due to fagging for older pupils. What could that possibly mean? Uh, Is it a homosexual? I don't know. I don't think so. There's no other. He's not. He doesn't. He's not out as gay. But I think that means like bullying. I guess. In the Faroe Islands. Does that mean bullying? I don't like it. This was written on quite the established website. Like a quote. When is this from? uh, He was in elementary school in the 1800s. But when was it written? Uh, I mean, when websites were a thing, I guess. I don't know. Currently? 
Oh, no, no. The quote came from one of his, like, principles. Oh, yeah. okay. I yeah. see. I see. Yeah. So it was old timey. It was old timey. Does fagging mean something different in the old timey? No. No. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so either. Unless it was to do with cigarettes. Yeah. I don't. This is a conundrum. I don't like it. I don't like it either. Neil suffered from Neiman Picks disease, a condition that was only diagnosed when he moved to Copenhagen as a young man to study medicine. Neiman's Picks effects... Uh, the body's ability to metabolize fat, causing the cells to malfunction and die. Mm. Organs that rely on fat for energy or cushioning, such as the liver, heart, and brain, are damaged over time. Oh. This was Neil's fate as well, as he developed heart issues and needed a wheelchair to keep up with general day-to-day activity. Okay. It's like the, the disease, you can't... It's like almost like the fat becomes cancerous mm. and your body doesn't know what to do with it. And I didn't realize, like... You need a lot of fat to just cushion everything. Oh, yeah. For the pushing. Because otherwise, it'll just be rattling around in there. Yeah, it's just all jumbled in there. <laughs> you don't want that. You don't want that. Oh, boy. While in his studies, Neil suffered from exhaustion because of Neiman Picks. Much like many people with chronic illness, Neil's experimented with ways to help his body cope with the disease. One of his major theories that he pursued came from his living situation. Mm. Quote, I suffered from anemia and tiredness, and since I lived in a house facing the north, I began to believe that I might be helped if I received more sun. Mm -hmm. I therefore spent as much time as possible in its rays. As an enthusiastic medical man, I was, of course, interested to know what benefits the sun really gave. I considered it from a psychological and physiological point of view, but got no answer. Interesting, interesting, interesting. And, And this is like a Scandinavian folk who there's not a lot of sun going on not a ton no boy oh boy and and so he decided to start to to start you know working with it i understand that as a person with chronic illness you're like why do i feel bad well it could be one of seven things i already know or it could be (laughs) was something else that i haven't even considered i will try anything 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 (laughs) when i was desperate i like i will try acupuncture i will try anything yeah i will try fucking reiki if it has any effect (laughs) a little white woman waving her hand over my body sure why not it's don't do reiki okay For the next 15 years, Neil studied the effects of the sunbathing on chronic illnesses with special focus on the treatment of lupus. Hmm. He developed the theory of phototherapy, stating that certain wavelengths of light have beneficial medical effects. Because of this, he was awarded the Nobel Prize in medical prize in 1903 for his work with phototherapy. Okay, interesting. Dying the next year at age 44. Oh, wow. Yeah. And this was like... This was a breakthrough, especially um, rickets. I don't mm. know what what is rickets. Well, rickets I think has to do with um, uh, vitamin deficiency. Okay, rickets, scurvy, lupus were the three big ones that he had breakthroughs. Well, scurvy with. definitely has yeah. to do with the vitamin deficiency. But, okay, and and it was like this was the first time that and we do get you know we do get vitamins from the sun. We do. I'm going to talk about that. <laughs> Neil's studies moved the medical community to utilize sunlight to help combat disease, from tuberculosis to rickets to smallpox. This was like during the time where if you had tuberculosis, it was like the treatment was go outside, yeah, fresh air, go to the seaside for your health, milady, right? and then you can get some taffy. <laughs> I would love if a doctor said, "Hey, you just need to go out on vacation." Yeah, I would love that for a cure. You just need to end capitalism. You just. <laughs> 
Oh, your problem is society. <laughs> your problem is the weight of this existence. <laughs> oh, okay. That's fine. Can no I get a prescription or... <laughs> Ten years later, the discovery of vitamin D and its connection to ultraviolet light was ushered in by Elmer McCollum and Marguerite Davis, once again tying sunlight to health. Mm-hmm. More people in their Western world be- were becoming willing to bare their skin to the sun for health purposes. Ooh, <laughs> Well, because, you know, we went through that, white people went through that, like, vampire period yeah. where we want to look dead. Now we're stepping out in the sun, we're showing a little ankle we, in there. We want to look, we used to want to look like you could see through our skin. Yeah. I want you to see the veins. <laughs> but now it's like, oh, sun, good. Get a little on me. Get a little on me. Though beauty standards in the media at the time were still concerned with snow white skin. Mm-hmm. So this was still, uh, again before the turn of the century and people are still like again like i said painting on veins on their neck and stuff to look sick that's so nuts oh my god (laughs) i like for so much of my like you know between 16 and now yeah have spent being sick and at times looking very sick and it's not good and i didn't like it no you could have been in vogue in Edwardian times. They just, you know, painting on brown Hold eyeshadow on. all around their eyes. Wait, I'm picturing it, Al. You, high Edwardian turtleneck, <laughs> pale, 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 the sideburns. I won't, I won't wear a turtleneck. Oh, you're not a turtleneck person? Never. I oh, hate them. Oh, come on. They made me claustrophobic. Oh, I understand. <laughs> It was the era of the flappers, where women were able to shed the conservative beauty standards of the Victorian and Edwardian area, along with their clothing. In 1923... (laughs) Okay. Yeah, they were just like, I can show my ankles. In 1923, the French beachside resorts remained open throughout the summer. This was bizarre. During the time, because it was hot and people wore a lot of clothing to the beach, it was closed. It was off-season during the summer. Oh. Right? Weird. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You know what I like about the seaside? What do you like about the seaside? Those little changing booths. <laughs> the, like, old-timey the, ones? The, like, stripey ones? Yeah! Like you see in cartoons? And then you get in your onesie? Yeah. Your, like, muscle man onesie? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is, that view, that's what we're talking about. Excellent. Right? That's me in the little striped tent. Oh, my gosh. Um, so it was open in the summer for the first time because of the new hobby of sunbathing as a pastime for the rich and in vogue. Coco Chanel, many who say is the mother of tanning, was photographed sporting a suntan on the Riviera, causing a kickstart to what a 1929 copy of Vogue described as the sunburn movement. Oh, (laughs) not good. We like them red. Oh. We like them like a lobster. Oh, no. <laughs> That's not good for you. Now, you're you're famously oh, ginger. Yes. So this famously. is... Famously. <laughs> I don't know if people know, uh, but you're... I uh, burn very easily. You're anti-sun. Yeah. You're... No, no, no. It's not... Well, besides the skin cancer... Yeah, oh, yeah. You will very And we will get to that. that. Uh, it's just not good for me, because then I get burnt and I'm upset about it. And you're not a... You're... Um, I, no, correct me if I'm wrong. You're, the weather that is the best for you is like rainy. Yes, that is what I like. You like a rainy person. Sort of today is very nice for us. It was gray overcast. It's sort of Mm. drizzly. I like that a lot. 
It hit 20 degrees Celsius last week, and I came alive. Fucking awful. (laughs) Hated it. I felt alive. I was out. I had my Ray-Bans on. I started a a bubble tea addiction at 2 o'clock, and now I gotta have it. I stepped out of my house. It was warm. I said... (laughs) No, and went back in. But what about the cute little outfits? The summertime outfits. Come on. You could wear them all year. No, you... It's raining. I'm wearing shorts. You are wearing shorts. You are famously a shorts wearer while it is raining. Yep. And you know what? I love that about you. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) A whole new industry was born. Whole lines of swimsuits, cosmetics, and clothing were specifically made for acquiring and showing off your new summer tan. The first tanning lotion, Hue de Chardy, by fashion designer uh, Jean Padu, was introduced in 1928. UV sunblocking was introduced alongside this craze, the first belonging to L'Oreal in 1935. Wow. But people instead opted for baby oil or olive oil to attract these golden rays. Olive oil. Yeah. You just smell like a turkey. Yeah. It just get awful. I don't, it doesn't sound nice. It doesn't sound nice. And the feeling of it, the slipperiness. Oh, and it like is baked on. It's like baked on. You're just cooking yourself. Oh, so bad. This is where we're at. You should use canola. (laughs) It's a lower smoke point. (laughs) Just baste yourself. Just get a nice dressing going. It's like that Seinfeld episode. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I forgot about that. That's where we're headed, baby. Oh, God. Slowly in Western media, the white person with a tan became the dominant look. The bikini was introduced July 1946. I did not know that. Oh. Um, With an all-time popularity boom when Ursula Andress uh, supported a white bikini and a dark tan in 1962's Dr. No. Yes. Very hot. Pretty, pretty hot. Pretty hot. Pretty Pretty hot. hot. Barbie got her Malibu makeover in 1971 using her bleach blonde hair and tan skin to introduce kids to the allure of sunbathing. <laughs> oh, hello, kids. Was that their goal? I, I I just think it was, if you have dolls yeah. that this is the beauty standard, this doll is oh, beautiful. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, absolutely. Absolutely, I think. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. While Victorian paler skin had been the mark of privilege, the 60s and 70s showed that having a tan meant you had the time and money to leisurely darken your complexion. Of course, this way of thinking did not count if you were already born with darker skin. Of course. White people had the desire to have darkened skin, but without the negative effects of marginalization and white supremacy. If you are interested in this topic, I suggest Orange is the New Black, the skin tanning phenomenon, and its influence on the perceptions of race, class, and gender, a 2017 senior independent study thesis by Madeline Pulvalik. Um, I could use that fucking thesis to write 17 ad creeps, um, but today we're going to go in a different direction. Okay. Today, I will be looking at an equally insidious industry born from this new obsession with UV rays. Are you ready? Uh, yeah. What do you think? Terrified. Ter- we are. It's getting there. Because I did think we were just going to talk about tanning. We are going to talk about tanning. Okay. But, but a specific kind. A specific kind, yeah. Interesting. The world's first tanning salon was opened in Berlin 1977 using German scientist Friedrich Wolff's 95% UVA, 5% UVB tanning beds. I do not know UVA, UVB, but I know... Is bad. Yeah. For your skin, 
is bad. This guy, Frederick Wolf, what was he doing 20 years ago? Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> Wolf's beds quickly spread across Europe and were especially popular in Scandinavia, mm. where, you know, you're not getting the you're sun. Not getting the sun. Finally breaking into the U.S. in 1978. General Motors advertised their UV sun lamps in medical journals, specifically recapturing the phototherapy theories developed by Niels Feinstein. Huh. Right? Because it's for health. Claiming yeah. they were a healthy way to capture your body's much-needed vitamin D, especially during the winter months. Trying to capture that vitamin D. Gotta, gotta get it. You gotta get it. Gotta, gotta get, get it. it. Yeah. I, there's... Something weird about humans need these things to exist, like vitamin D, but we can't produce it on our own. Mm Kind of like I found out that the only other animals that can't produce their own vitamin C is guinea pigs. Interesting. So we're like guinea pigs where we have to eat vitamin C to like live. We're also like plants. We're also like plants. We need the sun. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Weird. Why does... Weird. 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 Bodies is weird. Bodies is very strange and unknowable. The indoor tanning industry was born in the late 70s, but a decade later, concerns began to pop up by health authorities. In 1986, the World Health Organization's International Agency for Research on Cancer officially classified artificial ultraviolet radiation as a group 2A carcinogen, mm-hmm. funding new research into the health claims toted by indoor salons. So, like, group 2A is like, there's probably a problem. Yeah. These are probably bad, but we got to figure it out. I don't know why it wouldn't be obvious that putting yourself in a little bed and shooting a certain kind of light at yourself would not create some kind of problem. The And we'll talk about it, but the indoor tanning salons is this is safer than the sun. We're doing it in a controlled way. Why must we toy with nature? <laughs> Why must we create own sun? <laughs> Why must we make small sun in box? Is big sun not good enough? Haven't you seen Final Destination? <laughs> Where she gets fucking cooked. I haven't seen you it. You haven't no. seen it? Oh my gosh. Final Destination 1, she gets she gets locked in a sun sunbathing box. Why would I watch movie about people die? I don't know. It's camp. Scary to me. <laughs> Scary. It's filmed in Vancouver. Uh, I'm familiar because they filmed part of it on Vancouver Island. Oh, did they really? Uh, there's part, isn't there where a plane lands on Probably. a highway? Oh, um, yeah. And so they put up signs all along the Vancouver Island highway yeah. saying, like, you can't land planes here. And it was for the movie. Oh, oh. But we did. But they did. But they did. And it was bad. It was bad. And people, it was the final destination is the highway. No, it's death. Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh, I get the movie now. (laughs) I get it. Meanwhile, indoor tanning salons experienced a surge in popularity and growth, specifically positioned themselves as a way to achieve that sun-kissed glow without the risk associated with natural sun exposure. Real sun, bad. Real sun, bad. Fake box full of UV? Very good. You get your D from us. Oh. (laughs) Now hold on a little Comma bit. vitamin. <laughs> oh. <laughs> now wait a minute. I like That's it. That's a different box. That's a... Oh. <laughs> That's a whole different box. The fight began between the medical community and indoor tanning salons began to mimic that of the tobacco industry. Ah. Uh, indoor tanning beds finally joined tobacco as a class one carcinogen in 2002, joining asbestos, formaldehyde, and arsenic. 
God, 2002 is so late. It's really late. It's so late. Tobacco was late, too. Like, yeah. later than you would think. Because it's the lobbyists who were, like, fighting yeah. it all the way, right? The FDA pushed to require warning labels on tanning beds, much like what we have on cigarette packets. Mm-hmm. But were met with strong opposition from the tanning industry. And so they decided not to proceed. Because they were met with opposition. Yes. The government doesn't work. <laughs> Guys. <laughs> Hey, despicable. <laughs> Absolutely despicable. Yeah. Bad. Just like tobacco pushing the idea of the ultra-filtered safe cigarette, the tanning industry pushed the propaganda of the base tan. Have you heard about this? I have heard of this. What do you think about what is the base tan? Okay. I mean, I've heard it, you know, sort of as cultural some, osmosis. As someone who has never gotten a base tan in their life. <laughs> is it... It's sort of like like the base layer of makeup. It's just like kind of like that. Yeah, put down a foundation and build on. Absolutely. It. So Ugh. the contrived, non scientifically backed idea that slightly darkening your skin in a tanning bed before a summer of sun would prevent overall damage to your skin. Oh, really? Yes. It's wow. It's and it was really prevalent in England for well and Scandinavia where it's like, hey, we're really pale. Yeah, and. In the summer, you're going to get some sun. So instead of... Because you're going to get skin cancer, right? Yeah. And they even said, like, you can get skin cancer from the sun. But if you lay down a base tan, you'll be better off. You can also get skin cancer from tanning. <laughs> In reality, indoor tanning emits up to 12 times UVA radiation than the sun. It's wild that people are like... Nuclear energy is bad and dangerous. <laughs> Let me get in this tanning bed. Right? <laughs> or like even, oh boy, I bet you there's people out there who are like, Wi-Fi? I'm not so sure. <laughs> Let me pop these goggles on and get that glow. Wi-Fi, more like no-fi for me, and now it's time to tan. <laughs> I guess you weren't a big tanner. No. No. In, in so I was a, I worked camp. Yeah. And I shudder to think about how little sunscreen I put on yeah when I was like 14 to 16 Mm. I didn't ever tan but I did I was like I was part of that like okay darker skin I see it in the fucking vote no was it 16 yeah right or bronzer I remember going into bed was it not bed bath but like what's the bath and body works bath and body works and like the new bronzer right yeah and trying it for the first time because that was the beauty standard. i think i once tried to use a bronzer and i was like this is not for me this is not made for me yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's orange yeah i shuddered to think how many like how dark and like sunburn i was as like 14 to 16 i didn't i didn't like wearing sunscreen because it there were sensory unpleasantries yeah, for me. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think my parents pretty much insisted that I wear That's it. Right. And and then when I got to college, it was like, well, we're all putting on sunscreen. Yeah. So. I can't wear a lot of sunscreens because of a smell sensitivity. Mm-hmm. I get headaches from it, so I have to be, be very specific. But I got... I bought my first special sunscreen for your face for someone Ooh. who gets a lot of acne currently. <laughs> Just for me. I bought it. I'm very, I'm trying to be smart because I know 14 through 16, I was absolutely not. Both industries also perpetuate the, quote, moderation myth. Mm -hmm. The idea that if you only use it once in a while, it won't be harmful. But this idea ignores that indoor tanning, much like tobacco, are addictive. Oh. 
In a 2006 study with the University of Albany, the University of New York, and the Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center, it found that, quote, indoor tanners showed classic signs of substance-related disorders. 35% of indoor tanners qualified as being addicted to tanning. That's interesting. I did not know it was addictive. Um, so I have, I have so many fucking medical and scientific papers in my sources, <laughs> but this one is really interesting because there is something chemically mm-hmm. reactive to getting UVA. And then if you don't get your, the dose that you usually are used to, you get withdrawal symptoms. Does it, does it give you like positive yes. feelings yes yeah. yeah it's a positive feeling like interesting yeah i don't know if it's the the vitamin d reaction but it's something about uva cooking your skin you're addicted to that wow isn't that and, and then of course like you know uh, western ideals of beauty and like that sort of thing too like yeah. that could be addicted like if you have i wouldn't relate it to like an eating disorder but also like a body dysmorphia disorder Absolutely, right yeah um quote All of the heavy users, this is from the study, Mm -hmm. all of the heavy users admitted to knowing they could develop skin cancer from using tanning booths, but 98% said the risks didn't prevent them from pursuing a bronze complexion. Among those who were considered addicted to tanning, 78% reported unsuccessful attempts to cut down on indoor tanning time. The same percentage that said that they felt guilty about tanning too much. Wow. So they... Physically, like, it was almost like cigarettes. Like, you can't. You can't stop yourself. Yeah. Which is... Terrifying. Buck wild. It's absolutely terrifying. With the weight of cancer research bearing down on the industry, the Indoor Tanning Association Mm. countered with a 2008 ad campaign to convince Americans once again that exposure to UV radiation was actually good for you. What on earth? Right? (laughs) You horrible people. 2008. Banana. (laughs) Despicable. (laughs) Quote, go get a tan. Your body will thank you. No, it won't. The TV ads, which have been completely wiped from the internet because of subsequent FDA lawsuits, stated. Wow. You cannot find them. God. It's terrifying. Well, I found evidence, and I'll tell you about the evidence. Okay. Terrifying. Yeah. The ads, which included a full spread in the New York Times, cited a study by A. Bernard Ackerman, who once received the, quote, Master's Dermatology Award, whatever the fuck that is, (laughs) from the American Association of of Dermatology, questioning whether exposure to ultraviolet rays from tanning really caused melanoma. You know, as the world has showed us, you can get a doctor to say anything. Oh, anything. Absolutely anything. anything. to even be an an expert honestly they could just be maybe a doctor (laughs) (laughs) quote while our campaign will be controversial it's time people learned the truth about sun exposure sarah longwell of the indoor tanning association said in an interview with good morning america not only is moderate tanning completely safe, more and more it's becoming just what the doctor ordered. No, it's not. It's so funny her language too, because she's not saying doctors want you to do it. It's like just what the idiom. Yeah, just the what idiom. the doctor. Yeah. No one can. No one can take an idiom to court. No one can take an idiom to court except the FTC did. <laughs> <laughs> the ads say tanning actually is helpful because the body needs to get vitamin D from the sun. So they're using that phototherapy argument from the Nobel Peace Prize. Yeah. Sorry, Nobel Prize in, in Medical Science. Uh, they're using that against people. <laughs> wow. 
Longwell says the studies warning against prolonged tanning in the sun or use of indoor tanning beds relied on junk science. Who, you, we're just throwing out the words junk science all over the we place. We love it. There's also, I didn't include it, but there's also a study that says that during this time period, the Tanning Association sponsored studies. <laughs> of course they did, yeah. To promote their point of view. That's how you get things done. That's how you get, and you can just do that. You can just do that. You could just pay people, and they don't even have to be professionals in their field, to say things. Yep. Yeah. And you can cherry pick data. And that includes journalists. <laughs> and that includes journalists. <laughs> because of these ads and this specific ad campaign, the Federal Trade Commission charged the Indoor Tanning Association with making false health and safety claims. Duh. Mm-hmm. Uh, the FTC compiled evidence, which the whole PDF of all the evidence compiled against this association is in a PDF. <laughs> In my sources. Excellent. And it's so frustrating because they submitted the specific commercials, the TV ads, but in the PDF, it's just a scan of the CD that they have. Oh my God. <laughs> but the, it's it's just damning because it's, it's literally very much like the tobacco playbook of like, here's the health claim. This is how we're going to refute it. Yeah. Wow. Like, we know that these are the health claims... But this is how we're going to get around. We know that what they're saying about us is true. True, But here's what we're going to say to make it sound like it isn't. It's, 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 I mean, it's like tobacco. It's absolutely like tobacco. Under the settlement, the tanning industry can no longer make any health benefit claims without the disclosure. Quote, exposure to ultraviolet radiation may increase the likelihood of developing skin cancer and may cause serious eye injury. Also, any ads that claim the relationship between vitamin D generation to the usefulness of tanning must also include the disclosure, you do not need to be tan for your skin to take in vitamin D. Of course not. <laughs> right? <laughs> I, I take vitamin D supplements in the in the winter and whatever. Yeah. Just, just to have. And I know that because of where we are, I probably don't need it. There's very limited... Um, places on earth where you need the vi- the extra vitamin D. Yeah. Um, but our bodies are pretty good at just getting it from like even a cloudy day like this. Just squeezing it out of there. Mm, like juice. <laughs> After this case, many indoor ch- uh, tanning chains began to diversify and offer spray tanning as well. That's where you get yeah. the up and the like bronzer and whatever, right? Many governments in the Northern Americas and Scandinavia pushed education campaigns to the public trying to correct the tanning industry's myths. You would think that the despicableness of indoor tanning salons will have ended here. Well, you would We're hope. getting worse. Oh, no. But a study, uh, a stunning study by Stanford published in 2015 gave us a peek at the new direction this industry is moving in. Oh, no. It's... Makes my skin crawl. The study suggests that the indoor tanning salons are now targeting queer communities. Mm. Neighborhoods with high proportions of gay and bisexual men are twice as likely to have an indoor tanning salon. Oh, no. Because of the high usage, gay and bisexual men have six times higher rates of tanning bed use and two times the lifetime risk of skin cancer. So I, I, I... and. Okay, the reason why I thought about this, I saw this study first because yeah. I was walking through Davy Village, our gay uh, neighborhood. Yeah. There's a lot of tanning salons there. Interesting. There's like more than three in that small street. Yeah. So this is why. 
Medical and government prevention education campaigns largely focused on indoor tanning industry's largest victim, college-age, cis, middle-income white women, right? Yeah. Because that is the bulk. That is absolutely the bulk. It's also the stereotype. Absolutely. The tanning salons knew their biggest customers were being frightened away, so they turned to a demographic that the medical community did not connect with. The gay community, the Stanford study reports, has, quote, high rates of body dissatisfaction, and the tendency among those facing social pressure to seek outlets that reinforce self-esteem or the perception of health. Outside of this study, there has been little research that built on the risk of cancer in the gay community because of significant biases that persist in the medical community, something that the indoor tanning industry knows and is currently taking advantage of. Ah. So they know that, like, this was the very first study, and they know this was a, a hole in... in in gay men were not being educated. Yeah. And so they knew, and so that's where they went. And it's tough, too, because it's, like, because of gay men being this, like, marginalized community mm-hmm. and not being visually represented, yep. the, the a lot of the, the only types of gay men that you're seeing in culture are the ones who are, you know, tan and muscular, yeah. and it creates a lot of, like, body Absolutely. dysmorphia in that community. So Absolutely. They are ripe to be targeted in this way, unfortunately. And they even discussed about how family doctors don't discuss the effects of skin cancer with gay men and bisexual men because, again, there's been no studies, there's been no connection on sexuality and skin cancer except for this 2015 study. Wow. Awful. Gross. Yeah. Horrible vultures. Horrible vultures. Because of FTC and FDA lawsuits, the indoor tanning industry has scrubbed most of their advertising. Mm. Gay communities have most certainly and currently are being marketed to today, but I have not been able to find any local ads on the internet for this. Okay. Uh, Instead, let's, quote unquote, enjoy the U.S.'s biggest tanning chain, Palm Beach Tan, and their 2017 ad campaign, a shade better. Oh, I hate that. Yeah, it's going to give you the creeps. Okay. <laughs> okay, if you'd like to watch this ad, you can go to our sources. You ready? Yeah. We'll return after these messages. It's a feeling. One that's not always easy to come by, but it's the key to getting the most out of life. Everyone could use a little more confidence. And Palm Beach Tan can give yours a boost. Feel a shade more attractive and inspired. Your best self starts by simply being a shade better. Palm Beach Tan, a better shade of you. Right now, get two free weeks of sunbed tanning or a free spray tan featuring Australian gold lotions. Welcome back to the show. Oh, first of all, you were really mugging it while we watched that commercial. Because it's gross. (laughs) Because I did all this research and I spent fucking days trying to find an ad yeah um and, and again there's nailed not, it there's not one. much out there and then i saw this one and it made me want to vomit yeah just the 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 language alone a shade better a shade better a shade more confident right like, the way that they're really you know playing on um people's desire to look in a way that is culturally acceptable yeah. or socially acceptable especially in in north america is just awful. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely just truly really awful. We're just seeing a lot of beautiful sun-kissed people at the beach. Yeah. Probably actors that aren't <laughs> spray tanned. No, or probably tanned not. in tanning beds or... Because they know it's bad for you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yoga. Is this like classically... It's, yeah, health 
the the visuals of health and yeah. happiness. And it's this weird thing going back to like, hey, you know what? The sun does have benefits. And it does. Like, yeah. We do need, as humans, we do need sun. And that idea of phototherapy and it being twisted, like, ooh, yeah, let's use that information and yeah, let's get you. There's, there's a difference between, you know, the sun and uh, in, in, intentional rays of radiation being shot into your skin. And those little, may I say, those little goggles that you have to put on? Awful. 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 I hate it. It looks like you're going to scoop out your eyes. Yeah. Gross. Um. <laughs> It was bad. The wording was bad. Did you yeah. see any I- imagery that also made it very bad? Um, I feel like I did. I mean, I saw the yoga. I saw the people on the beach. Yeah, laughing and having a good time. Yeah, everyone's happy. Everyone's relaxed. Curly smiles. Yeah, white teeth. Gross. Truly, the epitome of of uh, American beauty standards. Absolutely. Barf. 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 Where's my American beauty standards? I want a hairy little guy. <laughs> Give me a George Costanza. Give me a- Look, back in the 90s, George Costanza was pulling above his weight class. Oh, absolutely. Marissa Tomei, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Let's bring it back. That's what I want. I want a bald, horrid little man. <laughs> that's beauty. That is beauty to me. That's yeah. beauty. That's grace. I mean, we love... We love- Danny DeVito. We love Danny DeVito. We love these men. And we to, love these to men. us, they are beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's 2023. It's 2023. Um, and the new color... <laughs> is. Yellow. Oh, no. Um, because... I don't think you can say that. <laughs> it is the color of banana. It's the color of banana. So the minions oh. are they're you know, they work they're getting in the tanning industry now and, and they're saying, Hey, indoor tan committee, you know what's up. If you haven't listened <laughs> I thought we were gonna get away with it, but we can't. No too fun. It's too fun. If <laughs> this you, is how we deal with despicable May. This is how we deal with despicable May is we just bring the minions we in. We bring the minions in. They're our property now. They're fun for un, for us to have fun with. Yeah. Sorry, um, Universal Studios. They're ours now. And we're not paying you a dime for them. Because remember, the minions work for the most despicable people at the yes. time, correct? And we both agreed last year that the most despicable people are corporations. Exactly. Because corporations, unfortunately, are people. <laughs> yep. So here are the minions. They're here. Uh, They're here. We So, you know, we see, uh, we see, uh, sort of, we're in a, a, a spray tan studio. Uh, there's a tanning bed. It's closed. There's yeah. a, one of those little spray tan tents. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. Which I guess are the new French Riviera changing tents. Absolutely. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the curtains open and who steps out? It's Bob. He's I don't there. know. I don't know which one he is, but I love him. <laughs> Did you know spray tans go through the same chemical reaction as UV? Really? And it, it literally cooks your skin. Yeah. It, so it's just, is it just as bad? It's not as bad. No, no, no. It's not as bad because it isn't radiation that's doing it, yeah. but it's just a chemical reaction with your skin. Chemicals also are bad. Yeah. Chemicals are bad. Oh, really? Well, I have some pamphlets for you. <laughs> Anyways, Bob's anyway, there. Bob's there. He's a beautiful shade of yellow. I just love the idea of, you know how the tubular tanning bed. Yeah. I love the idea of the tanning bed opening. You open it and he's perfectly in there. He's just, it's his shape. <laughs> and he has the little goggles. Yeah. And he has like, I like to think of them he's like. He's nude. You can see his oh. little dingle. Do they have dingles? I don't know. How do the minions? Mm-hmm. 
I shouldn't. We shouldn't. We shouldn't. We should. We don't well, want to know. This is why they don't like us. <laughs> this is why Universal doesn't like us. I think if we get too despicable, we are going to talk about the breeding habits of minions. Oh, I just had an image in my head that I didn't like. We'll talk about it next um, time. <laughs> yeah, he just pops right out of that tanning oh, bed. A beautiful shade of yellow. I love it. Uh, yeah, and uh, they they look at each other and they say yeah. banana. Because uh, that's the color. That's the color. And also what they say. I would like to think they smell like roasted corn. Yeah. You know what I mean? Someone just scoops them up, <laughs> puts them in a, a beautiful roasted corn salad. One is sleeping in a tanning bed and then he pops like popcorn. Yeah. <laughs> Awful. Awful. Uh, yeah. And, and then. And the tanning industry is like, hey, look, kids. Kids? This is for you. This is for you. That's the other demographic. They don't know about cancer. They don't care. God. My students smoke. They don't. Fu- they know about cancer. They don't fucking care. Yeah. That's like a- any person who, like, I mean, we, you know, anyone who drinks or smokes or whatever, and we like, yeah, we know. I mean, I think also there's, you know, a part of us that knows that capitalism is killing us. Yeah. And, and so we'll just help it out along the way oh, sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. How bad could it be? How bad could it be? Uh, pretty bad. Well, anyway, the minions, you know. They're there. They're there. Everybody's getting that beautiful bright color. Oh, man. Uh, they step out onto the boardwalk. Nope, Davy Street Village. Davy Street the Village. The Castro. They're at the Castro. They're at the Castro, and they're just seeing people, you know, just the same bright, beautiful banana color walking around. <laughs> That's the new tan. That's the new tan. Just or- get minion. <laughs> Yellow is the new orange. Oh, no. <laughs> Just get, like, a minion. You just look like a minion. Yeah. I think that's... I don't think we could do that, though. I think a person goes in a tanning bed and yeah. a minion comes out. <gasps> oh! I like that. And then they, yeah, they step out of the Castro and there's just little flags everywhere. And it's just, we're making more minions. We're making more minions. And they're all gay. And they're all gay. <laughs> Tear. <laughs> we're at Folsom. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll, I need to... I need to... We, we went through the despicable... <laughs> Now the local ad is key. Yes. I need a local ad to brighten up my day. I have a local ad just for you. Do you? And I think you're going to be pleased with it. I'm so excited. Uh, And I I have been very excited to play it for you. Mm, I love it. (laughs) If you want to watch it, you can go to our sources. This local ad comes to us from Mississauga, Ontario. (gasps) Mississauga? Mississauga. That would be a great drag name. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure someone's on it. Someone absolutely is on it. Hey, bring us your family, bring us your friends, bring us your favorite girl. For the taste of Little Italy, it's famous all over the world. Get satisfied, get pastified for $9.99, that's right. Unlimited pasta bun appetito. All you can eat, all right, here's how it works. You get all the penne, or fettuccine alfredo, or angel hair florentine you can eat, plus Italian vegetable soup, or salad, garlic bread, coffee, and dessert, all for only $9.99. Eastside Mario's, Eastside Mario's, hey, bada boom, bada boom. Al, mm-hmm. you've brought me a gift. Uh-huh. I know. Eastside Mario's. <laughs> I have a intimate connection I with know. Eastside Mario's. For my first probably five birthdays, this is where I went for my birthday party. Aww. And there's so many pictures of little me covered in spaghetti. <laughs> Just a massacre. A spaghetti, a spagot genocide. Spagot. Oh my god. You have told me about Eastside Mario's and I 
<laughs> don't think I ever really clocked the um, aesthetic. The camp? <laughs> uh, that I think we get yeah. from their tagline, A bada boom bada bing. <laughs> It is it is theme park ish. It is like a like what if a theme restaurant was about Italian Americans yeah, in New York. It actually is all the you go into an Eastside Mario's and it's like like the streets of New York. Yeah, but like in a Disney-fied way. Exactly. Yeah. And they have the fake. They have the fake uh, Lady Liberty with a big tomato instead of a. Little I did lantern. not know this. Yeah, it's that's why I love it. <laughs> this is why I love it. Is it good? No, absolutely not. <laughs> it's very bad. But that's not why you go to theme-chained restaurants. It's like if you went to a Boston pizza and everyone was like, eh, park my car here. <laughs> what know? are you, queers? <laughs> exactly. Here's your fucking pizza. <laughs> Ab- absolutely. If, if, if Boston pizza took... Took place in the big dig. Yeah. <laughs> or, like, every, like, every two half hour on the half hour it's like a uh, St. Patty's Day parade. Yeah. That's what it was. I assumed all that um Eastside Mario's was like just like a, a like a cut rate Olive Garden. No. But it's not. It's themed, baby. It's themed. Your waiters are probably walking around going, "Hey, I'm walking hey, here." Well, they tried to bring you your entree. <laughs> they absolutely did. Oh my god. This started my love of themed restaurants. Uh, and I did did I go to one in my adulthood? There what there used to be one up by I think Sawasana or whatever. I remember you telling me a story about going to one as an adult and being really disappointed. It was really sad. It yeah. was it was it was like watching, you know, when you watch a cartoon in your in your youth over and over, and yeah. then you watch it as an adult, and you're like, oh, this is just sad. That's the experience that I That was had. the Fluffy Dogs for me. Yeah. <laughs> did you rewatch the Fluffy Dogs? At one point I did, and it made me feel sad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Anyway, Eastside Mario's, if you have not been, don't go. <laughs> hey, bada boom, bada bing. Hey, bada boom, bada bing. <laughs> If you have a local themed restaurant commercial, please, I am not asking you for much, AdCreeps, but please send it to us, AdCreeps at gmail.com. Yes. I want it. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at AdCreeps. Yeah. Uh, we also have a Kofi. It's Kofi.com slash AdCreeps. I had to, folks, I had to read a lot of scientific papers and my brain ain't that big. So it'd be nice for a little tip. <laughs> <laughs> so we can go to Eastside Mario's. <gasps> You can get all you can eat spaghetti for nine ninety nine. I do like spaghetti. I do, but it's bad. It's so bad. It's just you don't. It's like, it's like, it's like a tomato farted on pasta. <laughs> it's so bad. That's pretty good, actually. Oh my god! <laughs> Look, I'm not kink shaming you. Uh, anything else we gotta say? Um, no, I don't think so. Okay. Until next time, we, we are, are signing off. Word for my spouse. Banana. 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 Banana.